this started and we're off. All right. So now that we have a name, Ben, our official name, we're BNT Talk Sports. That's that's the name of this podcast. So there we go. Love it. That's I figure B and T, Ben and Tyler, and Talk Sports because that's what we do. You know, that like is what we do. Let's just keep it to the point, you know? Yeah. And I was telling you, Ben, but to our few listeners, you know, it's funny. I sent this, I sent our first episode to my dad and he's like, dude, it's over an hour long. I was like, what? So you're not going to listen to it? Come on, man. (laughs) No, I think he will. He just uh, was busy. Uh, He has a long drive tomorrow. So maybe he'll put it on. Um, But like we were talking about our parents listening that they might not even yeah so it might just be us but <laughs> but yeah so i wanted to keep it short and sweet and to the point you know we're ben and tyler talk sports so you can now yeah. listen to it at least on apple podcast uh you might have to check spotify for me ben are you a spotify user i am i'm a okay. spotify guy why don't you why don't you look at look it up uh if or not it's definitely on apple podcast so tell your friends Tell everyone to listen. So we don't have like a jingle or anything. So um yeah, let's uh I guess let's get underway. Um so today we wanted to highlight more. Today is June 26th. So shout out birthday, my dad's birthday, actually. Shout out Aaron. Today. Happy shout birthday. Shout out Aaron, the guy who doesn't want to listen to the podcast for an yeah, hour that, that's all for not because he's not listening to us so uh, uh so we can talk bad about him i guess nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah i'm just kidding he's yeah he's how old is he he is i think 49 he turns 49 so one more year go. till the big 50 so happy big birthday five. dad i love you and i know he'll listen to it just because mm-hmm. um just because He's a good dad. Yeah. I know he's a good dad, but I don't know if you'll listen. But anyway, so well, we today we wanted to highlight the NBA draft. So sorry, today's June 26, 2022. So the draft was just a few days ago, a couple of days ago. Um and yeah, I'm excited to talk about basketball and I'm excited to kind of dive a little bit deeper into this. And so Ben, why don't you kind of give me some overall thoughts of the drafts and what you thought and what sticks out to you. I thought it was interesting because at least for me, like in the past, I've, it feels like, I mean, this is any draft. It feels like ahead of time, you know, who's going one, you know, who's going two, you know, who's going three. And it felt like we knew who was going one, like the whole time until the draft happened. I don't think, I think most people were expecting Jabari Smith to go and then it was Paolo Bancaro who went one. And so, hmm, I don't know. I'm not sure if I love that pick. Uh, I'm not I'm not anti-Paolo Bancaro. I'm anti-Duke, but I'm not anti-Paolo Bancaro specifically. Um, I think if I were picking number one overall, I would have gone Jabari Smith. Uh, Jabari Smith, he strikes me as someone who's more in that that Jason Tatum mold, that Kevin Durant mold. I mean, it's kind of a meme to just say that whoever is drafted first, who's a forward who can shoot is the next Kevin Durant. But when you watch Jabari Smith, he is kind of like the net. He feels like that kind of player. He feels like a fluid kind of good shooter, um, a nice catch and shoot guy, a guy with like a high ceiling in terms of shooting. And I'm not sure if you get that with Paolo Bancaro. I think Paolo Bancaro is like a high floor sort of player, I think he's not going to be a bust. I feel like out of everybody in the draft, I feel most comfortable that Paolo Bancaro is not going to be a bust, but I'm not sure if his ceiling is as high as people think because, you know, he's a big guy, but I'm not sure if his perimeter game is going to be something that stands out or, like the other guys at the top, even Chet, I feel like has more of a perimeter game than Paolo. So I'm interested to see what um, you think as well. I I agree with you that this draft was interesting in the fact that I we definitely knew who the top three were going to be, 
but it was yeah but it was just like a matter of like what order yeah so i didn't think it was practical for the magic to draft chet holmgren because they have mo bamba and mm-hmm. so you're just having two just seven footers that were i mean mo bamba was a lottery pick not too long ago and so i agree i would have taken jabari smith as well but paolo ben carroll obviously is you know um it's just a matter of what management thought or maybe how like that if um, if Jabari Smith worked out with the Magic, because word on the street is that Powell Ben Carroll didn't even work out with the Magic. He didn't work yeah, out. Which with is very team. strange. It is strange. So maybe the Magic didn't want Jabari Smith or Chet. They just wanted to take their chance on Paolo. But mm-hmm. I feel like with those three, I feel like you can't really go wrong out of those three in terms mm-hmm. of like picking. Uh, they're obviously all great players. Uh, one thing for me, though, which wants me to say that Jabari Smith should have been number one or should have been the top player or is the top player in this draft, to me is competition and the strength of competition. I thought the SEC was the best basketball conference or it was a very good conf- or very good basketball conference this year. One, one of the two. Best. I'd say probably that in the Big 12 this year. Big 12 is always very solid. Big 12 is probably the best overall, but this year SEC was right up there. SEC was very good this year. And so constantly playing that competition very much helps Jabari Smith. Yeah. And Powell Van Carroll, ACC usually is the best conference for Mm -hmm. basketball. But very much this year took a uh, – maybe it wasn't even top three. Maybe the Big Ten was better. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I will say in the Big one 12. thing, as the ACC homer that I am will interject with saying that they – the ACC did kick butt in the tournament. I will say that. That's true. I will, that say, true. I will say that much. I think that I think the ACC being like – down was true, but a little overblown. Just a little. That's bit. fair. I think just it's, a little bit. And I also think it's interesting because the year before, so the 2021 NCAA tournament, there were the COVID tournament. Yeah, the bubble tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about the Sweet 16, how many Pac 12 teams, but in the Elite Eight, there was five. Pac-12 teams, which yeah, Pac- literally Pac-12's came garbage. out nowhere. And Pac-12 so it's garbage. So, uh, but it's just interesting. So, I it's hard. And the SEC did not do very well, or the Big Ten in the tournament. The Big Ten never does well in the tournament. It's a meme at this point. <laughs> yeah, and so it's so it's it's interesting that conversation. But I don't want to yeah. get too carried away with that. But I do. I just do think that. Obviously, the ACC this year, I think you're right that it was down, but not as down as people think it was. But mm-hmm. it was down. It but was. it was I down. I do think Jabari Smith was facing better competition than Paolo was for a large part yeah. of the year. And I then, think. obviously, and obviously Gonzaga, and they do their best in their non-conference schedule to play mm-hmm. big teams because the WCC, you know, we're BYU fans. You know, we love the WCC, and honestly, the WCC this year was not yeah. as bad it as it normally is. It was pretty solid. Was good uh, teams WCC. like the San, San Francisco USF made the tournament. Uh, teams like LMU and Santa Clara, teams that aren't really ever that good, you know, had pretty good seasons. Even yeah. St. Mary's had a really good season. And obviously, Gonzaga. St. Mary's, St. Mary's is a good team. Yeah, they're a good they're program. Really good. I hate them. You know, sorry, Randy Bennett, but if he ever listens, uh, all the weird, but, like, but obviously, yeah. obviously, the WCC, there's a big drop off mm-hmm. with the rest of the rest of the conference, and then Gonzaga. You know, you might have BYU or St. Mary's or even San Francisco yeah. give Gonzaga a game. Mm-hmm. I think St. Mary's actually beat Gonzaga. They this did year. in and Gonzaga, so, right? Uh, I am. Or am I tripping? Sure. It might have been. I think I thought it was at St. Mary's, but it could have you, been. You know, you are right. 
because they were like hype. I remember that. Yeah. You're, I think because yeah. I think they stormed the court too, which was interesting. For those like, I, don't, I don't think it wasn't. Let me. I'll fact check it, but like it wasn't a close game. Yeah, I think St. Mary's won by like ten or twelve. You know, like yeah, was, they won by a. It was uh, no, that's not the right one. Like a okay. sixty-five to yeah, St. Mary's won sixty-seven fifty-seven. One okay. by ten. Yeah, there we go. I thought it was somewhere around there. So. But, and so obviously, like, going back to, like, Paolo, Chet, and Jabari, it's hard for me to grade. And, you know, I'm not an NBA scout. Yeah, it's hard and, to grade anything. Chet by any measure. Yeah. And even, like, really I don't is. think, like, I don't think Drew Timmy, I think he's a great college player, but I just don't see him doing well in the NBA. It's almost like Christian Leitner. You know, it's like a really good mm-hmm. big man who is, you know, Christian Lehner is one of the best college basketball players of all time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think probably in college, definitely. I think now it's just – I think he's gotten more mature, at least from the, the yeah, no, you're right, 30 you're for 30 right. documentary. I'm, just, I'm letting my oh, like, Well, if Christian Lehner gets on here, man, we can't have him out of this. Um, but I – but Christian Lehner, you know, and he wasn't like a bust or anything in the NBA. He had one all-star year, but, you know, he was – you know, one of the best college players. And then obviously just like didn't get, um, he just wasn't as great in the NBA as he was compared to college. So I think Drew Timmy is that kind of player. So it's like, you know, how you great Chet, you know, he had some really good games and obviously he's, you know, seven footer with handles and he can shoot and, you know, he seems pretty skinny, but actually, yeah, but can is, has more strength than, then he gets credit for. So I, yeah. So, and the Thunder, interestingly enough, drafted another seven footer, which. Another seven foot white guy, right? Yeah. I don't remember. Because they they have, they, they have like half the picks in the NBA draft because they drafted Chet, that other seven footer. And then they drafted both Jalen Williams, the Arkansas one and the Santa Clara one. And the Arkansas one, props to that guy. That guy is the best. He is the best flopper in the draft. Man, he'll fit right in in the NBA. So he will. He'll be teammates with the guy that he got in foul trouble in the NCAA tournament in Shet because that was a big part of Arkansas winning that game. I mean, Arkansas played like the better team. Of course, Gonzaga is the better team, but it's the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. Anything happens. Arkansas is a great team. But that man just flopped and got just got calls on Chet that took him out of the game. And although Chet, you know, you look at those games. Like I was looking at box scores the other day because I was curious. I'm like, oh, they played Duke, they played Texas Tech, they played who, whoever, excuse me. And it'd uh-huh. be like nine point seven rebounds. And you're like, hmm. But, like, I think he's one of those guys This is just, like, a big cliche. Like, his impact is felt even if it's in a way that's not shown in the box score. Yeah, I – and, you know, I go to my – I'm a big jazz fan, and I go back to, you know, I obviously – I try to defend Rudy Gobert to, to a point. I think mm-hmm. it's that same idea where Gobert is a good defender and – you know, if we want to get into this whole, you know, defensive player of the year thing, you know, that's a whole other can of worms. But yeah, I'm not. He, <laughs> yeah, it's an, NBA, just, it's an NBA draft pod. We're not. Yeah, I <laughs> I just don't have the energy right now, mental, no, emotional energy. No. But Rudy Gobert, you know, he gets, I think, averages like two blocks a game. It has a lot of rebounds, obviously. Yeah. But it's a lot of teams, you know, when they go up against Gobert, they probably won't do the same. They probably won't attack the same way or the same type of aggressiveness because he's there. And so they just try to avoid him. Yeah. You know, I, I think that goes most Hassan Whiteside also on the jazz. Um, even like team, like players like Clint Capella. It was which, the way it was the way when Zion was at Duke and, and Zion Williams, they would not go in the lane. Exactly. And so, yeah. so obviously that's going to take away from Zion Williamson's or Gobert's or Capella's or, 
whatever uh, Bam out of the bio even it's yeah. going to take away from their stats because you're Giannis. going to employ them. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I'm interested to see how the summer league pans out with these guys and especially the Thunder. Like you said, they just had a lot of picks. And so they can fill a whole summer league team with their picks. I swear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For, like, yeah. Just have their roster together. Yeah. Cause um yeah, I'm looking. They one of the guys. He's not seven foot. He's six ten. Oz Ozman Ozman Diang. He's from New Zealand. That's or, the guy. Sorry, the he, others. He's the from other France. Guy. He's yeah. from France. Sorry, but he was yeah. He was from France, but was on the New Zealand league team. Yeah. Uh, the Knicks drafted him and then traded him. So the Knicks. Oh yeah, classic. The Knicks just. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. They must be planning something big that we don't know about because I don't know what. They have. They always are, but then they never deliver on it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the Knicks so, experience. We're gonna uh, go get Kyrie, and then they're just gonna get Brunson on a max. Uh, I mean, I think work. I think it'd be fun to see Brunson on the Knicks, but yeah, I don't think the max is. Uh, they're gonna over. Worth they're it. gonna promise. <laughs> they're promising to spend. They're gonna promise to spend. Find out shockingly that we have to do this every year where we have to pretend that stars want to go play for the Knicks, which is weird since no stars ever go to the Knicks when presented the opportunity. They actively go to the other team in New York. That's not yeah. the So, like, <laughs> I, I'm tired of hearing that crap. Like, I'm, I'm tired of hearing that Kyrie Irving's going to play for the Knicks, that Kevin Durant's going to play for the Knicks. They're not. They're going to overspend for Jalen Brunson. That's what's going to happen. Because last time I was told they were going to get Kevin Durant, they got Julius Randle instead. You know, a good player, but it's not Kevin Durant. And yeah. then they're going to pay him Kevin Durant money. No, this sorry, is this that, my... That's, that's my Knicks rant. I, sorry, I have a theory about the Knicks. Hear me yeah. out. J- Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, what do they all have in common? They're lefties. They're all lefties. Both the Knicks, they're going to get an all lefty team. They're going to get Zion so, to play with RJ and also no, ex- exactly. Who's another lefty? They need like a like a Ben Simmons. Spread. <laughs> <laughs> imagine a team. Imagine a de- imagine a defensive team where you throw out Zion and and Ben Simmons. I that would be very interesting to say the least. So. <laughs> Uh, if Ben That'd Simmons be ever, if team. Ben Simmons or Zion ever plays a game again, they're just that's true. Them <laughs> playing basketball is a myth. Yeah. Uh, so I it's it's just funny. So all yeah. right. Well, anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, I guess like let's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, just looking at the draft list, some some other ones that point out to me, Ben. Uh, I don't want to say you're a casual Pistons fan, but you're also because you're not casual. You know more, but I don't think you're like a. I'm not die a diehard. I'm not like you, emotionally super invested. I was excited, but you know, I, I I take more pride in my college teams, and then NFL team to an extent, Major League Baseball team. Yeah. Less so NBA, NHL. I still pay attention, care. Yeah. I was ecstatic though. Yeah, uh, picking up Pistons picked up Jay Nivey. Him alongside Cade Cunningham would be really fun to watch. Yeah. I think Jay Nivey, to me, though, my biggest issue is that he, I mean, he is obviously a very good player. He's Purdue is a fun team to watch this year. Yeah. And I think Matt Painter is a really good coach. And they always seem to at least have good teams and are able to compete with basically any team, anyone. Um, but Jaden Ivan, Jaden Ivy to me seems a little rushed and a little out of control at times. Absolutely. And I think I think that's he's gonna have to learn to kind of slow down a little bit and not be as rushed. Obviously, you know, I say slow down, I don't mean you know physically like slow down or anything, but I feel like he tried he tried many times to take the game into his own hands. And yeah. sometimes he did. Sometimes he's, he's good enough to potentially do it sometimes. Yeah. But, but at the, he's, he's not just going to show up day one in the NBA and be willing and be able to do that. 
Yeah, and like exactly. a guy, and if he does do that, like a guy like Kate Cunningham has to be like, bro, what are you doing? And I also think, you know, you know I agree that he has the potential to take over a game, you know, just shoot lights out and, you know, just dunk on everybody. Get by his, yeah, get by his defender and get a bucket. But I don't think he's good enough to do that consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think there. I think someone like Paolo Bancaro was better in that regard. Or if seems so. like it seems like with Bancaro, if he really wanted to, he could score, but he just wasn't aggressive enough. So I think they're both kind of opposites in those ways. I, but I think I think it was also more imperative that Jaden Ivy, like I feel like Bancaro had like Duke had other options. Mm-hmm. I I agree that Bancaro was too passive, but I feel like there's more options. <laughs> And that's not saying that Purdue didn't have good players, but like you didn't have any possession where you're like Jaden Ivey shouldn't be controlling the ball, controlling this possession. And he did that too much. Um, I think Purdue, of course, was a great team, but they were majorly flawed in a few ways, in insanely talented in a few ways. They played no defense, which is – I have a few concerns. I'm ecstatic about Jaden, especially at the five pick. Yeah. Um, it's a great fit, too, because his grandfather played for the Lions. His dad played professionally, not in the NBA, but, like, some other league in Detroit. It's, like, from Detroit. And then his mom played WNBA in Detroit. Wow. So, like, he wanted to go to the Pistons. He wanted to go. He's excited to be in Detroit. Just the the issues I have is he's not as he's not as great of a shooter as I was hoping for him to be. You would you would desire more, which I think is something that can definitely grow in his game. But he shot 35% from three. Not bad. But at a guy who's 6'4, who's not a true point guard, you'd want better. And he can be kind of indifferent on defense at times which was just a, a Purdue thing as a team. But he's going to have to dial in in his shooting ability, as you said, tempo and defense, which uh, I think he'll be able to do. And I think it's good that it's not his team. Exactly. He's one of the top guys, but, like, it's really, like, this future of this Detroit Pistons rebuild is, like, we got all these guys. We got Jalen Duran too, who I'm as thrilled about as Jaden Ivey. But, like – like Cade Cunningham, there he's the guy. I think that sure. I think he's the guy. He's the main player. Jay Nivey's going to be a great player, a great potential number two to him. Yeah, but Cade's the guy, and I think that will help Jay Nivey be a better player. I I view Jay Nivey. Like I'm looking at Jordan Poole's college stats. I look at Jaden Ivey in kind of a similar role to Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. Like Ivey that. is to Cunningham as Poole is to Curry. So obviously the Warriors is the, is the warrior. Steph Curry is the Warriors. Like yeah. there's no doubt, but Jordan Poole is a really good vital part guard to have. Cause if Steph is off or, you know, so many teams are focusing on Steph that Jordan Poole is able to, get open looks, open shots, be able to attack more. And he was really good. Obviously, it took him a couple of years to kind of reach that point. He really took a big jump this year. But I'm looking at Poole's college stats at Michigan, and, you know, he only shot 37% from three. And obviously, I think he's a much better shooter than that now. So I think that's something that Ivy can grow into. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, actually, about the Pistons. I do wish a part of me, though, that – that the Pistons kept Jeremy Grant because I think Grant's a really good player, but I think the Pistons are just wanting to have more of a fresh slate, which I get. And so, yeah, he he is a good player. I think it's just that they have the idea of like getting all this youth. It like fits together better. You know what I mean? For sure. But yeah, Jeremy Grant, like that'll, that'll be felt in the short term. Yeah. But I think it, it'll help in the long term. That's fair. And, you know, you're talking about Purdue not playing defense. You know, another Big Ten team that 
didn't play any defense. Uh, Iowa. <laughs> I was going to specifically mention Iowa, but that was yeah. kind of their MO. They they were more offensively they're minded. They're always that way. Yeah, that they're all on their team. Who's the coach? Cap- McCaffrey, and he has a yeah, couple sons on Yeah, and I kind of like that. You know, Iowa has that identity, and so I just wanted to talk about Keegan Murray a little bit when he mm-hmm. went number four to the Sacramento Kings. I uh, think Keegan Murray, that's kind of my biggest concern with him is that he's a great score, great offensive player. He is, I think that was a good pickup for the Kings. I think he'll be a really good supporting role to Sam Bonus, DeMonte Sam Bonus, and, you know, to Aaron Fox. It'll be nice to have kind of like another you know, forward that, you know, is lengthy, but you know, can score also. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty interested to see the Kings to me always, you know, there's this, what was the graphic? There's some graphic where it's like the, whenever the Kings have a lottery pick, a star is drafted after. Yeah. The, a guarantees star is that Jaden right Ivey is going to be a star. Yeah, according to that trend, because the Kings had a lottery pick, whoever was picked next right after them, didn't matter the team would be an I mean, it was Jimmer so. and then Clay, right? That was one of them. Yeah. And then so the other uh, ones were Luca and Dame. And I forgot who they drafted ahead of them, but they weren't as good as Luca and Dame. I want to say ba- I want to say Bagley. Bagley, Bagley. Who is now playing much better as a Detroit Piston. <laughs> man we we just tie back to the pistons here don't yeah. we uh the pistons pop, but yeah. yeah and i don't know who the one with dame i think dame was the same or was dame the year after jimmer i think 2012 um yeah i, I don't after i'm pretty sure clay was the one with jimmer yeah clay was the one with jimmer yeah uh rep jimmer always i still Our believe boy. he deserves a chance in the nba but again that's for another rainy day but uh, well, yeah, so, but I was going to say the Kings are always just an interesting team because I feel like they should be better than what they are. I feel like they should be at like Timberwolves level, yeah, like at least make it to the games. play-in and like win, you know, 40 games to 45 games they a year. interesting, but they're not. I want to see their, let me check out their... this past year so they were 30 and 52 i i think they should be more like a 40 and 42 or like a 41 41 like they should split more around 500 yeah they should Um, be like they should be around the plan exactly like they're just they're just not a competent organization yeah there's something something they're dumb. Yeah, I, uh, there's kind of similar to the Knicks, <laughs> but yeah, like so, me. I I don't really have much to say. I just I'm interested to see because I love watching Darren Fox play. Yeah. And so I think uh, I think Keegan Murray was a good pickup. I think it would be better. He fits. He fits. Yeah, he fits really well. I, and I think, I think he'll I think he'll just be a good role player. I'm not sure exactly. if he's going to be. I don't think his ceiling's that high, but I think he'll like you'll be fine. And that's what I, they, I completely agree. And I was gonna say I think that's a better pickup than Jay Ivy, so I think that works out nice. For for so, them. For the Kings specifically, yeah. Yes. Getting Jay getting, uh, getting Jade Ivy would be like, let's just have two De'Aaron Foxes. Yeah. Which like, I mean, that's great, but like I'm not sure if that really helps you in the long run. Yeah, you want to be more well rounded, and I think Keegan Murray helps with that. So uh, one one particular player, I don't want to go into like each and every player uh, because one, like there's a lot of guys that I don't know whether they're overseas or G League. Or, we don't care about, we're, we're college G-League. basketball guys. If they don't play college, we don't care about them. <laughs> uh, no, we care about everyone, but also, no. yeah, we don't care. Um, I think... <laughs> I, I wanted to bring up the quote because obviously this was in the media quite a bit. I just thought this was really interesting from 
Benedict Matherin. Mm-hmm. So out of Arizona, got drafted number six after Ivy to the Pacers. He's good. And good player. But is he good enough to say what he said when he said something along the lines of uh, LeBron has to prove himself to me that he's a good player. And so, and gosh, I just think whenever I'm in that situation, or I not that I'm ever in that situation, whenever I think about being in that situation where if I'm some top 10 draft pick, and obviously you want to give fans confidence and your team confidence, like you're not going to just pull over and be like, oh, yeah, I'm not very good, you know, but you know, either you want that line, you want that balance between cocky and confidence. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, when you, a few years ago when Lonzo Ball was saying like, oh, I feel like I'm the best player in, in this draft. And he got a lot of heat for that. But to me, that's he drafted like, one spot ahead of Jason Tatum. So that was kind of a rip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lonzo <laughs> Ball is a good player, you know, uh, yeah. but uh, and it was between him and like what Markel Fultz, but <laughs> he got a lot of heat for that. One, because I think the balls just get heat for everything. They're a very media-oriented family. And so Lonzo, of course, is going to be spot a spotlight on that. But I, you know, a lot of people, and I agree with these people in particular, like, well, isn't that what you want? You want that person to believe they're the best player in the draft, no matter if they're the first pick or the last pick. And so uh, – when Benedict Matherin was like, yeah, LeBron's going to have to prove himself to me that I'm, that he's a good player. It's almost like, like, I like the confidence, but you're seriously saying that LeBron of all people has to prove himself to you that LeBron is a good player. I see what he's saying, you know, but he could have worded it like, yeah. It's Dang. like I, I I respect that he's I respect that he had the balls to say that, but like, yeah, I mean we we know that's like kind of silly, but that's kind of the mindset you want a guy to have. And mm-hmm. I think the Pacers are just seeking that. They're just kind of like they're stuck in that um, that purgatory of like having some decent players, not being bad, but not being good. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they needed a guy like Benedict Mathering. Because, I mean, they're looking to trade. I mean, they got Malcolm Brogdon. They have Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton's a guy that you're going to build around the future. Malcolm Brogdon, big UVA guy. I'm the biggest Malcolm Brogdon fan you'll find. Great player, but he doesn't fit what the Pacers are needing to do right now. Yeah, I also Brogdon think- needs to be a part of a team that, want, that needs to compete now. Yeah, and I also think Malcolm Brogdon is – I agree. I think he's a great player, but I don't think he's the player, you know, no, like he's just, no. he's just a player that is nice to have on your team. He's just a good so, player. Yeah. But, you know, I just think, you know, I think Benedict Matherin could have said something like, you know, I think I'm a really good player and I'm excited to see how I test against LeBron, you know, because you're still giving Le- respect i was about to say love respect but yeah. um uh, but love respect legium lebron but you know you still want to give your respect to the best player in the league or yeah. Uh, yeah, currently i don't think he's the best he's one of the best yeah uh, i think kind of the Giannis and jokic is and beads steph curry's have I'll play a little bit. Katie, yeah, but LeBron's top five. LeBron's LeBron is no longer the guy, but he's one of the top guys. Yeah, yeah, but you know, for the past decade, he has been the guy. You know, LeBron has been such a great player, and so you know, just to kind of go at him like that—that's that's that's going to be a fun matchup. And so, yeah, I think I think Mathur will be humbled. I don't think I'm breaking news when I say that, but. You know, I um that kind of caught my eye, so I thought that was I thought that was kind of interesting. And yeah. I now let's kind of go through I, I was kind of thinking ones that stick out. Yeah, what stick out to you? I, I was kind of thinking maybe we could go with who's a guy outside of the lottery. Or 
No, let's let's, let's consider the lottery who, top be, ten. Who is who? Who do you believe? Like it doesn't matter where in the draft. Probably, I mean, preferably the first round, probably because the second round, like you know, you're not breaking news by going. I don't think this guy's gonna be a great NBA player because, like, yeah, of course they're probably not. Like, who's someone that you like? Just you don't buy. You're totally. You're not a fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I was gonna say, but quick question: lottery. That's considered top ten, right? That's a lottery pick. Um, not necessarily. It's top fourteen, I believe. It's anybody who oh, okay. doesn't make the playoffs. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so, so it's anybody. Gotcha. Else that general, right, just one. I might, I might be wrong by saying fourteen, but it's that. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's I think the, it's fourteen. I, I think it's fourteen. Okay, that's the idea. Whatever, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, man, looking at these players, I, oi, I, Walker Kessler is one that kind of sticks out to me. Where like I don't think he's gonna be all that great. You know, he was drafted twenty two, and mm-hmm. he was traded to the Timberwolves. So obviously, you know, he's not gonna go in and start over Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. I think he'll be a decent player off the bench but just another you know just tall center like a Myers Leonard like a Zach Collins kind of player he doesn't really stick out to me um I also think David Roddy he was right after him the oh that's a good I do not Colorado State out of Colorado State he was drafted right after him at 23 no Traded no, to no, no. the Grizzlies. So, I well, Ben and I, we picked Colorado State to to win their NCAA tournament game, and it's they did not game. show up. Yeah, they did not show up crushed. like we expected them to. The Mountain West did Frauds. not show up. Yeah, they Frauds, were a fraud this past year in the tournament, but – I, uh, I, I, I loved watching Roddy play. He's a fun guy to watch because he's six six and two fifty five. So he was just like a bully down there, and it's like it's like it, he's. I guess the NBA cop for him is Luca at the beginning of the season when he's out of shape. <laughs> but that's what I David guess, Roddy is all the time. You know, and I think, I think David Roddy. He's built like Charles Barkley, you, you know, like yeah. just sh- shorter and stockier, but is a good ball player. But I don't see him making a big impact in Memphis, you know, uh, because I think. And this goes, I don't think what I'm saying here is breaking news or, you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, going to drop it in anybody's jaws when I say this, but you could have a really good player. And this goes, this goes for any sport, but I definitely think the NBA, it, this concept is very much true, where you can have a really good player, but just on a bad team or in a bad organization, and it just doesn't really pan out. And you can kind of have like a player that is a good player, you know, but they're just in the right spot. And they excel so i can go great back or draymond's yeah, a great example of that i feel yeah like. i look at draymond green uh i was gonna say if you want to go nfl i think of obviously byu fan i think of Taysom hill Taysom hill's just in a really good position with the new orleans saints uh i don't know if anyone would try to utilize him the way sean payton does there no. and so I like I love Taysom Hill, but you know he's not Patrick Mahomes or anything. But he's he finds his little niche, his niche, niche. however you pronounce that niche. Uh, but so it's it's hard. I just don't think either Kessler or Roddy. I don't think those are good. I don't think those are great uh, positions for them to be in because. Yeah. Both Minnesota and Memphis are young teams, and I think they have something good brewing in them. And I think they're going to take – obviously, like we saw that 
playoff series and it was really fun to watch really entertaining and they were jawing back and forth and there were some really good games i'm not sure if kessler and Roddy are gonna bring anything to the table in that yeah. regard so uh those were probably say my two that jump out at me when i'm looking at this list yeah i uh i think it's really hard for i think it's just gonna be tough for them you know prove me wrong you know, i hope you know, I don't don't want like a not trying to, you know, we're just podcasters. We're just giving our thoughts and opinions and they're going to yeah. make millions of dollars. So it's not like they care what we say, but no. you know, I, I just don't think they're going to do that. Well, what about yeah, you? no, I, I don't disagree. I actually agree with both of those. Um, the one that stuck out to me though, was number 19, Jake LaRavia. He's the power forward from Wake Forest. Um, He just was not – I mean, he wasn't even close to being the best player on a team that didn't go to the tournament. And he got picked 19th. (laughs) And I don't know if you heard this. He's the guy – I don't know if you heard this story, but it was on Twitter that he was listed at 22 years old and no one cared to draft him. And then they found out he was actually 20. And then he gets drafted 19. Yeah, I did hear that. And I was going to say that is really interesting. Yeah. Like this stupid. Does that really make that much of a difference? Obviously, like, I don't think like, is there a rule that you can't be drafted if you're above a certain age? Or I don't, I no, thought it's like just a, they get hyper obsessed with it. I mean, that's a big reason why they pa- everyone passed on Malcolm Brogdon because he's like 23 because he played five years at Virginia. Yeah. Um, or, well, he didn't play five years, but he had a medical redshirt year, one year. So he ended up he was being a, like yeah. a graduate student using his fifth year. And that one rookie of the year can <laughs> draft in the second round. But Jake LaRavia, like, all I see is like a not as good version of Corey Kispert. And what's Corey Kispert doing? Like, he's on the Wizards. Much. Yeah, he's on the Wizards, and yeah. I think I'm not saying you know, he's bad, I, but it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you really want a worse version of Corey Kispert with the number 19 overall pick? That's really what, what pick, you're going for. What pick was Kispert? He was first round, right? Yeah, he was. I think I'm, he was a lottery guy, I believe. He got drafted a little higher, but still, I just don't. I know that you want guys who can shoot. I know Corey Kispert was always compared to Joe Harris, but you just. I don't know. You're just getting a really, really low ceiling to a point where I'm like, is it even like I'm, I'm a guy who's fine with taking a guy who has a low, a higher floor, maybe lower ceiling. Yeah. He, Corey Kisper was drafted 15th and Jake LaRavia is drafted 19th. So it's like, you're basically copying a guy who's not having, it's not like he blew up the league last year in his rookie year. I mean, he sells more time, but it's like, at around the same place, you're taking a guy who was that, but clearly wasn't as good as Corey Kispert. I don't know. just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I'm looking at stats and like we've already said, like there's fine. Yeah. I mean, there's players that make big impacts that obviously the stats don't tell the story, but looking at these stats. So LaRavia was at Indiana state for two years and then he went to wake forest. Yeah. So three year college career. I'm just looking at sportsreference.com. And I mean, his career averages, you know, in total, including so in the SA and Wake Forest, averaged 12.6 rebounds and two and a half assists. Yeah. So it's like uh, Wake Again, Forest, he averaged but... 14, six, and three. So it's like. But he's the nothing... type of guy, he's the type of guy where his impact is in the box score, it's shooting. Yeah. So if he's not shooting, like there's there's nothing else to say about him that's not in the box score. Whereas it's a different story with Chet, with Rudy Gobert, those kind of guys, right? Yeah. I mean, he yeah, shot 37% from three his career and shot 74% at the free throw line. But I mean, for yeah, a guy nothing... that you're drafting as a shooter purely, you'd like him to shoot a little better than that. Yeah, again, I agree. Nothing to write home about with him. It's almost like he seemed like he would have been a good second round pick. Yeah, Just, no, I don't like sure. the value. 
Yeah, and I think the whole age thing is a stupid. Yeah, it's it's whatever. I think it almost like it seems like he could have benefited from another year of college. I'm not sure what his situation was. I don't know if he could have stayed or if he went. But I just she, I just think I'm guessing. I mean, like, no matter how good you are, if you're gonna get drafted 19th, you're gonna get drafted in the first round. Like, do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not. I guess that's true. That people want him. <laughs> <laughs> that's another fair point. Yeah. Uh, and then, was there anyone else, or was that just kind of the main one? That was the main uh, one. I think I was thinking about maybe we could wrap up on like, like we can look at the second round and maybe choose a guy that got sh- that got picked in the second round that we think could be pretty good because the the hit rate i had heard recently i think they talked about on part of my take like the hit rate on second round picks like you rarely get a good player the second yeah and so i guess like if there is a good player like a legitimately good player in the second round i guess we let's let's take let's each take a stab at who we think that's gonna be all right i like that yeah i think you can never sleep on the second round especially that Nikola Jokic, you know, two-time yeah. MVP these past couple of years. He got back-to-back MVPs, right? Just want to make sure. He went – yeah, I think he got yes. back-to-back. Got back-to-back. He was dropped in the second round, so I feel like you can – you never know. So yeah. – but, yeah, also to your point, it's very unlikely that you're going to get someone like that ever again. So – Looking at this list, I there's a lot of really good college players. I look at Andrew Nebhard, which I got to watch a lot. You got he was the first pick in the second round to the Pacers. But I just I think again I go back and it's just like my gut, you know, I don't really have data or stats to back this up. But I just think right situation, right team. I'm not sure if the Pacers are just a good situation. I mean, Nebhard, I mean, he's a 6'4 guard. So you're going to compete with Halliburton and Brogdon. I mean, it's just, you know, nothing too special. He's a great shooter, though. He lit BYU up for sure. I think think EJ Liddell out of Ohio State, again, kind of like a – Roddy type guy, six seven, two forty. Where you know, I think he was a good college player, but he's going to the Pelicans, so he's literally just like a slightly shorter, slightly smaller version of Zion. <laughs> so yeah. maybe maybe that's good. You know, I think Liddell's left-handed too, like Zion. So yeah. Uh, so if Zion gets injured, and you have some kind of player i'm not as athletic but similar build i uh, can come in but i still don't think he's gonna be great uh but i i would say it's kind of interesting and it's probably not a very popular pick but i think the player that will have the most success out of the second round will be isaiah mobley of usc to the cavaliers hmm. oh, he was like picked 49 I think one, he's going to play with his brother. And I think they played really well together at USC. They just, obviously, they're brothers, you know? So it's, you know, I, I don't have a brother. You know, I only have sisters. I can only imagine the brotherly connection. And I don't want to get too deep into that. But Isaiah Mobley is a good player. I think he's yes, just yeah. going to find his role very well within the Cavaliers, you know, their young team, you have Sexton and Garland and the Cavaliers also picked up Agbaji of Kansas in the first round, which I love that pick. I love that pick Cause, too. Cause I think the Cavaliers had a really good draft with this. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, Mobley at USC averaged his, this past year, his junior year, 14 points, eight rebounds, three assists, a steal on the block, and played, you know, 
35-ish minutes a game. So I almost played like the whole game. So, I mean, that's exactly what you want of a center, forward slash center. I think he's going to have the most success of anyone in the second round. That's who, that's who I'm going to pick. There we go. I like that. I think for me, there's a couple different guys that I look at. Um, I actually, I know it is similar to the Roddy situation, but I, I feel like I do have a little more trust in EJ Liddell. He's going to be one of my two guys that I go with that I think could make it. Right. So wait, was there something that when I was talking about, was there something that you disagreed with or why, why are you going to say EJ Liddell is going to, I do definitely agree. You know, I'm not saying that, like, I think this guy comes. I in. want you to come at me, Ben. Discredit me. Come on. <laughs> I don't think he's somebody who's going to come in and be a star. Like, I think he's just going to be like a fine player. Um, just because I think the difference is it's similar to Roddy, but I think the thing that I think of it that makes it different is the level of competition he was playing was higher and he did it for a long time. He's a great college player for a little while. And I think he's somebody who could stick a little more than, you know, those those big guys that, you know, are a little outdated. That's what EJ Liddell is. He's an outdated big man. But I think he kind of reminds you a little bit of Draymond when Draymond was in college, kind of like a beefy, undersized big man. And so I think Liddell is just going to find a role. Of course, not to the degree that Draymond is. He's going to be a backup to Zion, but, like, I think he's going to come off the bench, and he's just going to be decent, be able to score a little bit, be able to contribute a little bit. And I think and that's, that's all you the, expect from the second round, honestly. Yeah, if, you're, if you get that out of a second rounder, that's a home run. Um, but I think the other one that I like is Kennedy Chandler. He was the point guard okay. from Tennessee. Um you know, he's kind of undersized, but he was a he was a good college player. And I tend to I tend to just trust how guys do in college to a degree. I mean, I know that I take into account too that some guys won't translate like a Drew Timmy type, like we we're saying earlier. But sometimes, like, you know, when somebody tries to show you who they are, like believe them. Like, you know, you see some guys like Marquise Chris from Washington was drafted in the top 10. He sucked in college. And everyone's like, well, it'll magically be good if you elevate the difficulty. It's like, no. And it's like Malcolm Brogdon drafted in the second round. Joe Harris drafted in the second round because they're older. It's like they're good at basketball. Katie Chandler, a little undersized, but, like, I think he's good. I think he could be, like, a Tyus Jones type guy, just like a solid backup point guard for somebody. Well, this is – the thing that concerns me about what you just said mm-hmm. about comparing him to Tyus Jones, because he literally can't be Tyus Jones because he, although drafted by Spurs, got traded to Memphis. <laughs> yes. So I believe so, though that there's, there's a reason that I, I made that um, comparison because I believe that Tyus Jones is a free agent. Gotcha. So I think that he may end up being a replacement for Tyus Jones. Maybe. Maybe. One thing, one thing I will say about Kennedy Chandler, Tennessee, again, was a much better team than they usually are this past year. Mm -hmm. Past couple of years, SEC was very much, just a better was a better excuse me was a better team mm-hmm. or better conference in general. I think my best comparison. Sorry, I'm just kind of everywhere, all over the map with my thoughts because I'm trying to look up stats. Is uh, Frank Jackson? It's a very Frank Jackson. Like that. Yeah, one, that's a great just one. Just like because you know Kenny Jenner. Kennedy Chandler just did one year of school, just like Frank Jackson. Both got drafted early second round. Uh, According to the stats, again, I don't want to, you know, live and die by stats, but uh, Chandler's stats were better than Frank Jackson. Jackson averaged 11 points, two boards, 
and two assists per game. Mm-hmm. Chandler was better, you know, 14 points. He was the best you know, player on that four, on his team. Yeah, yeah four point seven assists and three boards, three rebounds per game. Mm-hmm. But it's like I feel like that's a player again that would benefit from another year of college. And I think so too. I felt again, that way. Hard. You know who I felt that way about as well? Tyus Jones. True, but you know, Tyus Jones has proven that, you know, he's found a good spot, you know. Yeah. Uh like we were yeah. just talking about. So. And like with these second round guys that we're talking about, like success is being a, a guy who just stays in the league for for however many years. Yeah, like eight. Just a guy who sticks know. in some degree with some role for a team. Yeah. And admittingly, you know, I don't know much, as I'm sure you don't really know a ton about either like the G League guys or foreign guys. I'm looking at no, I, I some of the names. No, I refuse to acknowledge them. Gabrielle Procida. The Blazers drafted him second round. And he got uh, traded. That was part of a trade. He's going to Detroit. But oh, it's, yeah, one of those, right. it's one of those stash picks. So he's going to keep playing in Italy for a year. Gotcha. Or two, but they have his rights. So. Gotcha. And, yeah, there's a uh, Carlo Mack. Kovic and uh, you know, Gui or Jui Santos out of Brazil. Yeah, just I can't even pronounce these names, but that very well could make all kinds of impacts. Even in the first round, like the Ozman, Ozman Diang, or or even out of the G League, Marjan Bochamp. You know, who knows if he'll be good? Um, I guess he like could be like great. 50. <laughs> have you seen the pictures of him i uh i'm looking at the picture right now yeah <laughs> he's he looks like karam butler uh <laughs> but even this confusingly enough nikola jovich <laughs> it's it's, it's a tra- it's it's a true travesty that nikola jovich didn't get drafted by the nuggets i really wanted nikola I want. I really want Nikola Jokic and Nikola Jovic on the same team in the front. Joker court. and Joker Jr. Yeah, that would have been yeah. ideal. When I guess the Nuggets could have drafted him, so Brown, Christian Brown. But yeah, uh, yeah. I'm actually, like I said before, I'm very excited for summer league to see a lot of these guys debut, specifically Paolo Chet and Jabari. And Jaden Ivey. Uh, admittedly, I'm not. I'm more excited about Ivy than about Keegan Murray. But you know, I'm. I'll still watch. Uh, Johnny Davis, Jeremy Sochin, you know, both the Jalen Williams, Jalen Duran, Agbaji, Mark Williams, and, again, and AJ Griffin. Mark Williams, I love. I I think Mark Williams will be a solid, decent center in the NBA for a long period of time, and I love. I really love AJ Griffin. I think he'll be good. Well, I love his shot. AJ I do Griffin too. Has... He didn't perf- he didn't actually do it as much as I thought he should slash could. But I just really like the way he played. I just really think he's gonna be a pretty good player. Yeah, I uh again don't disagree with you, so Sorry, I don't want to just like read through every name and say I'm excited no. about this oh, player so, or this player, but I am. So Yeah. Sorry, one more thought. You mentioned Christian Brown. Like Christian Brown is just a much better. I mean, he's a little smaller. He's more of a big guard and less of a stretch wing. But it's like I take Christian Brown over Jake Laravia any day of the week. Because Christian yeah. Brown's more versatile, like he can hit shots off screens. He can handle the ball. Like, I don't understand how LaRavia goes two picks before Brown. If you want that kind of player, I'm taking Brown over LaRavia. That's just me. And, oh, I agree. And also, again, I look back to Jake LaRavia played at Indiana State for two years and one year at Wake Forest. Christian Brown's at Kansas. Yeah. And so just the degree of competition was just a lot better. Yeah. And – you're, you're not only surrounding yourself with really good players like Akbaji at Kansas. I mean, you also 
you know, you win a championship. So you have, I, I don't like this term, but championship DNA. <laughs> yeah. Air quotes there, but just like more postseason experience. And I think there's a lot of maturity that is overlooked in basketball players with that. So uh, I definitely agree with you there. So yeah. I think, uh, I think, I mean, that just about does it with me and the draft. I agree. Uh, I think our listeners too are quite satisfied. They're already gone. They're already stopped listening by now. Oh, probably. dude, Chelsea and Sarah will be there listening. <laughs> Sarah's an, Sarah's anti NBA. The only reason that she listened is because we didn't talk about any of the international guys. We talked about college guys, so she'll pay attention to that. That's but, fair. Yeah. My mom, yeah, I don't think she knows any of these names. I'd be surprised, you know, one of these days we should get our moms on here and see if they can name all of the NBA teams. See if they're able to. My I'm mom good. will do my actually, mom would not. My my mom only knows the Jazz and the Lakers. It's hard for anybody to really know that. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Maybe we'll we'll get we'll get a guest soon and we'll we'll get them to do that. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see. See how that goes. So anyway, so that wraps that wraps this show up. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, you can find us on basically most podcasting networks, uh, but we definitely know for sure that Apple Podcast it works on there. So there you go. Uh, thanks for listening to B and T Talk Sports because we talk sports. <laughs> see you guys later.